you know, one day I'm in the forest, the next day I'm picking pumpkins, the next day I'm down in Melbourne um, catching up with, you know, the, the chefs in the restaurants. So there's always something new and it keeps you refreshed. This is The Producers. I'm Danny Vallant. Mark Folletta grew up on a farm near Benalla, a couple of hours from Melbourne, and ended up buying the farm next door to his parents. He runs a hugely diverse business with 10 products, everything from cherries to pumpkins to pine mushrooms, wine and livestock. Mark has a focus on regeneration, soil health and strong human connections, not just in his regional area, but also with prominent city chefs who use and appreciate the food he grows and forages. Sustainability isn't just about the environment, it's about the people who tend and benefit from its bounty. No um, hi, I'm Mark Folletta. I'm a, a farmer just south of Benella. My farm's called Yinbarun. It's actually uh, Tangarung for uh, good water. Um, I've got a pretty mixed enterprise of uh, cherries, grapes, produce wine, uh, French heirloom pumpkins, uh, forage a lot of pine mushrooms, smoking timber, and uh, probably a bunch of other things. Gr- grew up on the farm and oh, I suppose I spent spent uh, up until about year nine uh, li- living on the farm before I moved to Melbourne. And yeah, it was great. You'd, 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 it's uh, the, the family farm's 1,200 acres and used to roam around there and, you know, explore and, uh, you know, ride through the vineyard, up into the mountain paddock, through the bush block. Uh, so, yeah, growing, growing up on the farm was, was fantastic to have so much space. And then it was a really, really interesting mix to, to move down to the city for six, uh, for six years and, and get uh, kind of both sides of the, uh, of, of the uh, environments, different environments. Mark was only 25 when circumstance led him to buy a farm. He jumped in the deep end and had to start paddling hard straight away. So it was definitely a journey. I, I ended up uh, working over in California for uh, the largest winery in the world as a grape taster. And uh, when my visa expired, I ended up teaching skiing up in, in Canada. And I thought, oh, this is great. I was traveling all around the world. And I came back to Australia and um, dad was always going, oh, I need a hand on the farm. And, uh, and uh uh, also, an opportunity with a cherry orchard came up next door to um, to manage it, and uh, so I started doing that. And um, sadly, the, the the couple that were there um, became ill, and uh, the the property actually came on the market. Well, it didn't hit the market. I went, oh well. I'd be interested. I was 25 at the time, so what I thought would happen when in my th- mid 30s, or kind of where I am now, um, got fast forwarded, uh, you know, about 13 years, and uh, and uh, yeah, I found myself buying a farm at uh, at uh, 25, and uh, yeah, was in a lot of debt, and um, yeah, really had to diversify my operation and and really uh, make 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 things work. I tell you what. At first, it was uh, it was it was a big shock to the system after travelling around the world and having having a lot of freedom to be uh, to be stuck in a in a town where I I think I, I went out to the pub in Benalla once and went, oh no, what am I doing? <laughs> it was it was really hard to find uh, like minded people and uh, and but I I persisted with it and I opened my house up to um, to a, to a few people to rent um, just to help help uh, with with the repayments and 
luckily enough, the first uh, the first guy to walk through the door was uh, has become one of my best mates, and uh, we even um, started a music festival together, and, and that's brought a, an, an amazing community of people out of the woodwork, and even encouraged people to to move to the area, which is is uh, yeah, fantastic. So yeah, shout out to Bo, <laughs> thanks for all your support over the years. Being a sustainable farmer can mean many different things. For Mark, it goes beyond the physical environment and expands into feeling good, settled and enriched in life. As far as sustainability um, and focusing in farming, I think it goes beyond the farm and it, it involves it involves the community as well. So I think building a community, building a, a, a place that people kind of want to be at is, is, has been uh, a really, um, I, I suppose at the forefront of, of, of a lot of what I've done as well. So that's, um, you know, for a long time, I saw people in Benalla just, they'd leave, for Benalla, uh, leave, leave to Melbourne, leave overseas, and it, it's uh, that was the way it was, especially, especially when I first uh, moved back to the farm. And I think that that uh, is is changing. There is, there is, or maybe I'm just getting older. Um, there, there is a, a lot more people coming, moving back, and um, and more more interested in in the country lifestyle. When I first bought, the, took over the farm, uh, I, I went. Oh, look, I need to diversify into a bit more, um, a bit more income. So I, I approached the family and leased leased the vineyard. Um, and my father was pr- pretty happy to. Uh, re- Release that to me, given uh, grapes were at all and at all time low, and uh, and anyway, with with that, I um, I did all the work, got everything prepared, was was pretty excited for my first crop, and I um, the largest frost in in the history of the vineyard came through and uh, knocked everything out, including the cherries and all the grapes. So I kind of went, I really kind of need some cash flow, and, and I need to to um yeah to diversify and and kind of future proof myself from from this so i um i started growing a few few um various things and trying a few things out uh, one of the things that uh, i uh, i did um really discover was uh i used to pick pine mushrooms and um and i thought oh well maybe there's a there's a there's a market for that and that um that's Started off slow, but then opened up a whole lot of doors for um, for supplying restaurants and um, and yeah, it's really really shaped shaped my business to come. So, generational farming often brings tensions between existing mindsets and new ideas. Mark explains how he brought his farmer father on the journey towards soil vitality, plant vigour and stock health without synthetic inputs. One of the things we've really focused on the farm, in, and I've been lucky enough when I did move back to the farm, which was next door to, well, the, the farm I bought was next door to the family farm. My, my father said, look, I'd, I'd like you to you know, start making some um, more decisions here. And one of the first ones I said, we need to move away from uh, synthetic inputs and um, have a um, you know a organic uh, nutrition mindset. And um, so for for the last ten years, we've um, done the whole farm, and uh, and so I I basically used my horticultural background to um, to grow pasture in a sense but but applied it to the to the uh, the orchard the vineyard and as well as the um, 
the pasture and um, for for the sheep and the cattle. And in in the ten years we've we've um, been able to increase our soil carbon by uh, almost 60 percent, and um, we've doubled the um, CEC or the cation exchange capacity. So basically, what that means is you you've you basically doubled the fuel tank of, of, of the nutrient and that the soil can hold. You see it in the in the quality of the produce, the the health of the plants, the health of the stock and the animals. Um, also, I've uh, been a bit savvy and sourced a lot of um, waste products around the area. There's um, there's an organic mushroom farm in Benalla and. When they have their spent mushroom compost, I'm able to get that as an extra uh, input for growing the pumpkins. Uh, there's some great uh, curbside green waste. So when you're you, um, put throwing stuff in your green bin in, in Melbourne, it it, uh, it does get composted, and um, I use that as an input as well. Um, also, yeah, use use a lot of. I really focus on um, on plant health. Uh, and the addition of trace elements. So it's like us. If, we, if we're if we healthy, um, we're less likely to get sick. So I think that's a, a much better journey when it comes to um, to looking after after your crops, after your trees and after your stock. I had an agronomist come out to the farm and they they looked at, and they said, oh, what have you sprayed the red-legged earth mites with? And I said, well, no, we never sprayed, you know, we didn't spray for red-legged earth mites. And what did what did you knock the cape weed out with? And it's like no, no. Just just by putting things back into balance, we had great, uh, you, know, you know, the right grasses start to grow. Um, and when it comes to the the orchard, look, my my house is in the middle of the cherry orchard, so. You know, the last thing I want to be using is is um, is harsh harsh chemicals. So I I just use um, actually naturally occurring trichodermas, which is a product I was involved in um, in developing and trialling um, back when I first took over the the orchard. And that's just a, a natural um, a microbe that it uh, it's like a, a fungus that uh, outcompetes undesirable rots and mildews so it's it's really been interesting to explore the the different opportunities available and kind of marrying that in with with the plant health and you know it it, it you're working in this environment every day so you, you know the, the the inputs you use you know it, you want it to be as as as, as safe as possible Running such a diverse farm means Mark is often very busy, but he's also able to step through the year according to the rhythms of various harvests. Nature even schedules him a month off. Yeah, look, sometimes the head spins. <laughs> I, I, I got an interview the other day and I said, oh, I think I do about eight things. And I, I think it, it's over ten. Now, last time I, I, uh, I um, counted, but I think the way I've, I've had time to shape how it works and um, so that the the year rolls along like you, I harvest the grapes well I actually start off with a, 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 almost a month off in in January where it's that quiet time where it's not too much to do but then the, there's the grape harvest 
that rolls into the pumpkin harvest and and that marries in really well with the uh, the pine mushroom foraging season which can be short can be long it, it it's all you know you're at the mercy of the elements uh and then you've got the the, the winter jobs including pruning and and also at, at the end of the year roll, we roll into cherry season so so i think there's while there's a lot of things happening um, they seem to marry in and, and I'm able to find space for everything. Many farmers only bring one or two products to market. Mark outlines his product mix and some of the steps and misadventures along the way. In the forest, I've, I've got a licence with uh, HBP to go in and commercially forage and that, that area covers about 14,500 hectares. So that's, that's a pretty big area for those listening. Um, and there's plenty of mushrooms out there, but there's a lot of mushrooms that, in my opinion, are, are a bit past it. So to, in, in order to maintain the quality that I, I'm wanting to uphold, I, I walk past a lot of mushrooms to, to, pick, to pick what I, what I end up supplying. I started growing pumpkins about 10 years ago by mistake. Um, I went down a down a line of trying to grow watermelons, actually with Bo, because he was keen to uh, um, to grow something. Anyway, we tried all these different watermelons and it was a, a bit of a disaster, but uh, we had a couple of pumpkins planted on the end of the row and, and there were these beautiful old French heirloom pumpkins and and they just thrived. And, and um, anyway, I having got my foot in the door with um, supplying pine mushrooms into a few venues. I, I, I um, tested to the water to see if they were um, interested in pumpkins and, and that's where the kind of the, the ball started rolling. But these these pumpkins are um, like, imagine like a Cinderella pumpkin and you, you cut them open, the most vibrant orange. And uh, yeah, the it's it's amazing to see the different ways that uh, the chefs have created them. And I've seen them, Pickled, um, sashimi style, uh, in, made into sauces, put on scallops, uh, slow roasted and had with barramundi and they're like, I couldn't, there, there was, uh, I think Steve, when he was at Estelle, had a famous dish called Vanilla Pumpkin Guts and where, where it used the whole whole pumpkin and including all, all the middle and and it, uh, yeah, <laughs> it looked like a, a, a gutted pumpkin and it was, but it was absolutely lovely. Some of the pumpkins almost have orbiting moons, they're that big. Uh, I picked one that was over 40 kilos uh, this year, but sadly it had a split. But uh, there's, a, there's a lovely big 32-kilo uh, one on display uh, in, the, in, the, in the front section of Omnia. Um, so, yeah, I definitely get a workout when, I, when it comes to uh, harvest time in the pumpkin patch. The, the, the interesting thing about this this particular variety, I, I, I I'm very gentle when I when I harvest them. I've got a, a Persian rug that goes on the back of the ute, just so I don't put any uh, any dints or anything. Then I sun them off um, to harden the skins, and I, I've I've managed to age them for up to fifteen months, and they they they're kind of like a wine. If when as they age, they 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 get a more aromatic the the flavor becomes more intense and uh, but yeah as long as you keep an eye on them uh, yeah and and keep them with plenty of airflow they yeah they will keep having a direct connection with chefs and restaurants is a huge part of mark Folletta's daily joy and weekly rhythm 
he explains how he first connected with Melbourne's top restaurants. I used to be a ski instructor up at Mount Buller. I still sneak up there occasionally and commentate ski races, but uh, I was there uh, with one of my mates who was studying medicine and he was he was there drinking a, a, a Bundy and Cola can and, and I went, oh, what are you doing? I said, I poured him a glass of wine and he said, oh, I've n- never had wine before. And, and uh, anyway, he took one sip and poured it out. Three months later, he dropped out of med and... Uh, Anyway, he ended up being one of the top standing Soms at Butamon, and he's gone on to be one of the one of the uh, the big wine personalities in Melbourne. Um, so yeah, that's uh, Matt Lamb for you for those of you who might know him. Um, anyway, through that, uh, he actually introduced me to Steve Nan. Uh, he was head chef at Butamon about twelve years ago, and uh, that's started a fantastic relationship. And I've uh, worked with him through his time at Scott Pickett, and now he's he's running the show at uh, with the LK Group and do it do a heap of business with uh, Omnia and and Yugen. And it's been it's been such a, a fantastic experience working closely with with the chefs and seeing seeing these venues being built and and being involved with in, with the development of new and exciting products. I'm going back to talking about getting the cherries wiped out. Uh, between Steve and I, we we started looking at different uh, fruit woods for um, smoking and cooking, and and now now um, the the supply of cherry wood and chestnut wood has become a, a, a big part of my business. Um, and look, you know, I'm down in Melbourne delivering once a week usually, and it's it's just so amazing to see. Um, the produce that you put, uh, you know, all your work into, and you're, you're really proud of, to see that the chefs receive it and they're 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 excited about it, and to see what it, they what it turns into on the plate, and and it's uh, yeah, it's it's one of, one of my favourite things is to uh, when I'm down in Melbourne is to kind of explore all the different uh, restaurants that I that I do supply and uh, and take the time to see you know what the produce turns into. It's crucial that young farmers work the land, but it can be hard for them to get traction for new ideas, not to mention land to implement them on. Mark shares his experience working alongside his father. Uh, it, it, it has been a journey. Uh, I suppose that my, my father is a very successful farmer and I wanted to forge my own path and I wasn't always supported in that. <laughs> And I think now that they have a greater understanding of of the diversity that I've taken and the relationships that I've built down in Melbourne, they they realised that hey, this is this has added a whole new dimension to to the to the business. And um, but yeah, there was there was a bit of scepticism at first. Um, but yeah, I think I, it's it's only taken me ten years, but I think I've got them over the line. I was so lucky to have have a have a father that's. Well, I've still got him, but that <laughs> um, was so progressive um, and open to to new ideas. And I, I see, um, you know, other 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 farmers my age that are that are kind of trying to to get their their foot in the door and make decisions. And and there's there's a lot of uh, closed mindedness and uh, and a, a bit of resistance. But uh, yeah, look, I think I've I've had a few. Discussions about the place, and hopefully that's uh, that's slowly starting to change. In June 2023, Mark Folletta was given a Farmer of the Year Award for excellence in diversification and sustainability. What does that mean to him? The award was for the Farmer of the Year Awards. I, I won the award for excellence in diversity and sustainability. 
two things I'm, I'm pretty passionate about. Also, the longest titled award, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, there was there was ten ten different winners um, throughout the country um, of various excellence or Farmer of the Year, Young Farmer of the Year. Funnily enough, the Young Farmer of the Year, uh, Mitch McNabb, I, I used to teach skiing with, so that was that was a great surprise to see him again. But uh, look, it's it, yeah, we went up to Parliament House and. Got to uh, got to meet a fair few crew there, so hopefully it opens some some doors to um, have a bit of influence and make some positive change. Look, I I, I think I might have been on the tractor at the time, and uh, and I got this phone call, and and uh, Deb was like, "Oh, thanks for your application," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no worries," and she, just letting you know you won. I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and. Um, and then I didn't realise that there was there was the the award for um, diversity and sustainability, and they it was actually this year they it used to be the the award for diversity and they've added sustainability and I'm like oh this is this yeah like I said two things I'm um, very passionate about and they go hand in hand so I, I'm yeah I'm absolutely stoked. He's been awarded for diversification, and it seems Mark Folletta can't stop trying new things on his farm. He outlined some of the other projects he has on the go. Yeah, the, there's there's a few other things that go on on the farm. Um, we, we we run quite a a, um, uh, oh, a closed herd, 150 Angus cattle, about a thousand merino sheep, um, and a new a new venture that we're involved in at the moment, which is really exciting and um, kind of goes back into the. Utilising waste products um, is a, a journey I've gone with a company called Gretels. Um, I'm a grower of uh, an alpine gum, um, and it's looking. We're, we're growing this gum for the extraction of pinus imbrium, and it's looking to have really good benefits in um, in in medical application and and treatment of Alzheimer's. And but also through this. Um, through this company, we're doing some fight food waste. So I'm taking grape mark, and um, I am. We're extracting resveratrol and out of it, and also uh, looking at it as an application to put it into um, into uh, cattle feed and 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 fish feed to and incorporating the the um, the compounds that uh, are in the. In the um, in the in the gum trees, I almost said grapevines, um, to uh, to remove the use of antibiotics. So that's that's a, a pretty exciting space to be in. With so many products on his slate, there's a huge range of tasks that Mark can turn his hand to. What does he love about what he does? Uh, look, I, I'd have to say the diversity, and and you know, every I wake up every day is different. Um, the, I get my quiet time on the farm. I, I, you know, one day I'm in the forest. The next day I'm picking pumpkins. The next day I'm down in Melbourne, um, catching up with you know the, the chefs in the restaurants. So the there's always something new and and it's it's it keeps you refreshed and you're not just doing the same thing every day. I think also I just I really enjoy seeing people enjoy the produce that I produce. I'm really passionate about this space and people having a greater understanding of what goes on on the farm and um, it's, yeah, let's, let's do more of this.
to be awarded Farmer of the Year for his excellence in diversification and sustainability isn't just a pat on the back for Mark Folletta. It truly speaks to his passions and projects on his farm. Whether it's delivering a 40 kilo pumpkin into a top restaurant in Melbourne, watching a farmer's market customer in rapture as they bite into one of his cherries, or stepping quietly through a pine forest to choose the perfect mushroom, his work is rich in satisfaction, interest and meaning. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Danny Vallant. Stay tuned as we talk to some of Australia's best farmers, makers and growers. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or contact us via deepintheweeds.com.au.